Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City, your Sunday night with Speed City, live from Austin, Texas. This is John Massengale. I'm sitting in the studio with my cohorts, Jonathan Green and Les Kaiser. Jonathan, how are you? Oh, if I if I was any better, it would hurt. And you got a little breakfast or dinner on your nose. Huh? Jo- uh, Les Kaiser, how are you, sir? Hey, man, doing good. Been out there enjoying South by Southwest. No, I wasn't listening to music. I was listening to the docile tones of two design leads from Porsche. All right, man. Yeah, that's right. South by Southwest going on in Austin. And if you haven't heard, we're doing a panel at South by Southwest. And we announced it on the show last week, and we didn't have our guest confirmed. But we have our guest confirmed. He's a dry, ex-driver. You may have heard of him. He's Maybe. He's, he's been out there a while, ex-driver. He's going to be somebody one day. Yeah, we, we, have, we got Mario Andretti. So we could not be more excited about that. He's going to zoom in to our panel on Tuesday. And this isn't about the old times. This is about the future. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's what Mario wants to talk about right now. Absolutely. Uh, no, no talking about his glory days. This is uh, the real deal. And uh, it's just got real, as they say, because uh, they are coming into Formula One big style. And Mario is the face, voice, whatever you want. He's, he's, he's taking the lead at, at yep. getting out there for sure. And he knows the importance of that. Already, because there's been some kickback already about that, you know, about uh, Wolf saying, well, you know, yeah, it better be a franchise that makes his money, duh. But, you know, <laughs> really? Andretti and a bunch of Americans coming to Formula One? Uh, yeah. yeah. I can't I imagine so. how they'd do that. You weren't on the show when I basically said the exact same thing. Really? Are you kidding me? Can you <laughs> imagine when he shows up with his name on the side of a car at Monza? He's already, he's like, only Enzo, Ferrari, and Mario Andretti hold, I can't remember, it's Combatador or whatever it is, but it's an Italian honor. Only those two men in motorsport. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I saw a, several European journalists, and they all said basically what you just said. It's like, this isn't just an American effort. This mm-hmm. is Mario Andretti. Yeah. I mean, and, and the, other than the normal European scoffing we get when Americans want to get into the sport. So it was, it was refreshing to see. But yeah, it's Mario Andretti. So, yeah, we are excited about our panel. Oh, do you race cars in America, too? <laughs> yeah. Do you know uh, your left panel... from your right? Oh, that's exciting. I thought you went round and round. <laughs> 
It's Tuesday. Yes. This Tuesday, I've tried to say this like 10 times. Tuesday. Well, you've got two blinky boys here. You can't get a word in edgewise. So you tell them. (laughs) Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Speed City. Tuesday. 4 p.m. So I'm trying to get out. What are you saying? I've lost like. 40 pounds. Oh, yes, Blinky check, Boy. Just Back check to it, it out on... Uh, Take it, John. You can finish the sentence. Well, on Tuesday at 4 p.m. on our Facebook, Twitter, we've got all the information there. You can find the link. And um, it's not going to be live. We, they, we're recording a podcast is what we're doing with Mario. And the topic of it is the growth of Formula One in the United States. So we're going to have an hour long. And if you're in Austin, if you happen to be at South by, come on by because... Yeah, if you got a badge, come on in. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Any badge will get you on this one. Yeah, that's right, Les. Good point. It's a big room, too, so there's plenty of room. Yeah, it's their podcast stage, so um, it is set up for recording. It's at the Austin Marriott downtown in the Moon Tower Hall, so you can just find all that on the South By schedule. And and just, I mean, obviously, we wanted a big guest, but let's just put this, I mean, I don't know if you're ready to talk Andretti, but... Uh, sure, let's, let's, let's start, start with Andretti, man. There's, a, there's, a, there's a, a real potent reason why we have asked the doyen of... Formula One in America, onto the show. Not only is he a legend, uh, now in his early 80s, he still drives, he still has a license, he still does two-seater rides in IndyCar. His son, of course, runs uh, Andretti Autosport, which is one of the top teams in Indy currently, as well as many other, I think, six different outfits he's running. That's Formula E uh, in Australian supercars and so on. So Andretti Autosport is massive. Um, but the real reason that we want to talk to Mario is that literally in the last couple of weeks, we've all known about the fall through of Alfa Romeo uh, that uh, Michael Andretti tried to buy before Christmas, uh, before actually before the Formula One. They were hoping to announce it at the Formula One, and it fell through at the last minute when the 20% uh, owners, if you will, were going to be Sauber or going to stay in position, and they were going to be 80% Andretti and 20%. But they wanted controlling interest. And so Michael said, no, that's that's not how I do business, and I'm not going to go. And you noticed right there and then, he put a little grin on his face and said, I'm not done with this. And he isn't, because Michael Andretti has announced that they are coming into Formula One in 2024 with a Renault engine. Yeah. Yeah, that's... And uh, it's going to be called Andretti Global. Yep, Andretti Global F1, and that is... Uh, if you're not a fan, uh, if you're a fan of a Formula One in the United States, then that is the dream come true. So, hey, let me jump back before we move too far on to South by Southwest because they have a full transportation track this year, and there's lots. Can we race it? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a track you can't race, but you can attend, and they've got tons of fantastic uh, sessions on this thing. Some of it's live online if you have the online version. But if you're attending, there is uh, some really amazing stuff, like uh, the Transportation Secretary of the United States government, Pete Buttigieg. He's going to be there. But there's going to have they're they're one of the most exciting ones. They've talked about Peter Rawlson, who is he's going to be interviewed. But he's the CEO of Lucid, you know, one of the new electric car companies. Yeah, that's right. So we've got they've got uh, him there. But there's tons and tons of of sessions. I'm just scrolling through all the different transportation tracks so and a lot of it is later in the week too so uh you've got some time to look look through the schedule and and put that on there on there if you are attending so some cool stuff one more point sorry go ahead lucid so a lot of folks don't know what lucid is lucid Uh, is i haven't been lucid in years (laughs) (laughs) so uh lucid is another ultra premium electric car and i think tesla but 
Mustang Maybach. Whoa, okay. It is a phenomenal car. I was speaking with one of the owners out at Coda a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he's got the Dream Edition. He's got the top of the line version of it. He went out. Uh, he went out and mixed it up amongst a couple of the C7 and C8s on the back straight, and clearly walked away from them between the runs. He said, "You know, ripped it up to about 155," and he goes, "And I just." pulled over and let off to let them through. He goes, I knew they'd had braking and they were really out there turning big laps. I just wanted to go run a couple of laps in my new Lucid. Yeah. So go. don't blink your eye on those cars. Keep keep them in yeah, sight. Lucid, These are that, that's quite one of the big a respectable player nowadays. I saw a Rivian today, first time. Yeah. In a restaurant oh. parking lot. The the uh, Rivian Is he truck. revving his motor? <laughs> yeah. But that's a Austin based again. No. No, oh. no, no. But uh it's it's a big player in electric trucks. And I think Ford bought a controlling interest in Rivian, or bought a, invested heavily in Rivian. But hey, let me talk about what we're talking about on the show tonight. Also, we haven't uh, touched on all that because obviously Colton Herta, huge story story. for American F1 fans. We're going to talk about him, this contract that he signed with McLaren to go testing in last year's car. So that's cool. Um, And we're going to talk about Kevin Magnuson. (laughs) It seems like forever ago, but that was right after last week's show. We're going to talk about Kevin Magnuson back. And back with a vengeance, looked fantastic on the second day of testing. <laughs> it was faster, are you kidding? And we're going to talk about the Haas F1 team, how good the car looks this year. Mm-hmm. Can you believe we're saying that? I mean, I, I knew they had a whole year to prepare. I knew they had the most CFD time, but I was still prepared to for them to be at the back. But I don't know if that's going to happen. We don't know until next weekend, which uh, that's also what we're going to talk about. Formula One starts in one week. Yeah. One week from right now, we will have we will know if the Mercedes side pods are a joke or if they're genius. We'll I know. think they're genius. Yeah. Whether they'll survive, I don't know. It's a bit like the double yeah. diffuser. But uh, That's a good segue. We're going to talk tonight about Drive to Survive. It came out on Friday. Yep. I've watched two episodes. Les has watched like six. Yep. So I've been at party. <laughs> Jonathan went out to a concert instead of watch that. So uh, we're going to talk about all that plus some more. So... Um, we got a couple more minutes in this segment, so Jonathan. Yeah, I just wanted to f- sort of round out, and, and, and it's a good seg- segue. Uh, another electric vehicle, but no, it's a nice segue <laughs> to say just to finish up. Uh, we did um, a panel at South by a few years ago, yep. and we talked about technology because uh, it's a technology festival, as it will, music and film, but mainly technology. Yep, uh, and tech. Uh, the tech companies heavily involved from Dell, all the rest of it. And I felt then that it was relevant that we were talking about the gold wink and, and, and how, how basically we were talking about the trickle-down effect from motor racing into household products, i.e. production cars, and how disc brakes and, um, you know, all of these things are developed in a racing format. Yeah, stability Digital control, mirrors, anti-lock brakes, yeah, all that stuff. All of that stuff. And that was great. But what I think this time is even more relevant is now we're looking at an audience of South by that is interested in Formula One because Cisco, Dell, NetApp, CrowdStrike are all involved. These are words that, you know, the tech crowd knows. knows. And now suddenly Formula One is on their radar and they're all learning it. Drive to survive. They're all going, we need to, hey, our company's heavily involved in this. We need to, you know, and then look at the Austin companies. Oracle, massive, uh, you know, investment in Formula One. Um, Crypto. Uh, are in Formula One. Yeah, um, heavily. So, yeah, so this is, I, I feel we can walk in there on Tuesday, head, head up high, that we're in the right place at the right time. Yeah. It's funny, that's the way I named our 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 panel at South By. I said, Formula One is the pinnacle of motorsport technology. Mm. You know, it's always referred to as the pinnacle of motorsports. Yeah. 
but it's clearly Actually, yep. yeah. Formula One is so much about technology because at this, they call it the conference, uh, the, that segment of South by not music, not film, it's the conference, and it is about technology yeah. and emerging technologies and emerging trends and all that stuff. So, I like to call it a test tube 180 miles an hour because yep. it is. It's, there you it's, go. It's, it's, it's just that. Yep. All right, well, let's go ahead and get our first break in. We'll have a bigger next segment. We'll get this break done, and we'll be back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. If you want to know where the path to Formula One and Indy begins, it's three simple letters, VRD. VRD Racing of Atlanta, Georgia are dedicated to nurturing young single-seater drivers on their quest to the pinnacle of motorsport. Having just wrapped up the team's championship title in 2021 in the F4 U.S. Championship, VRD also has programs in FR Americas, the all-new USF Juniors, and the Road to Indy. VRD is the perfect environment for success. If you want to join the team, go drop them a DM on Instagram at Velocity underscore RD. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi, this is Karun Chandok, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. What do you got, Les Geyser? Hey, that, that uh, Eagles changed team. I got to tell you about the Porsche thing just a little bit. They had what looked like a totally new speedster like james dean crashed in that's a photo ultra high tech essential yeah they these things wasn't it a three five six i mean it kind of looked like a modern interpretation of that yeah yeah yeah, it it, this was a really cool brand new modern but you know what's so interesting about this display and this panel discussion is all of the vehicles in there are not production many of these are design exercises that this is the first time some of those have been out in the public eye and so uh, this is really rare for Porsche to draw out the curtain, bring out some of their uh, skunk works, 
Well, I, vehicles. I, I also picked up a little a little rumor uh, that I think is 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 pretty true. Uh, Porsche R and D are developing a new race series. You've heard of the Carrera Cup. Well, this is going to be underwater, and they've already uh, launched uh, and sunk a ship full of Porsches, and uh, that is actually R and D. Is this on porpoise? So my this birthday present. <laughs> <laughs> so my Porsche that you bought me for my birthday will be racing soon underwater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. We Coming got to an that, animated film. Something you. you can really sink your teeth into. <laughs> oh, well. It was worth a go. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, DF is watching on YouTube, and he says, uh, Las Vegas GP, question mark. Saw the host on F1 say testing. <clears throat> uh, I mean, it looks like it's pretty much a done deal. I mean, I haven't. I don't know if any paperwork has been signed. I don't think it has. It's Yeah, it's funny, actually. I was, I, I've got a, a trip to Vegas in April, um, and I'm looking to see if there is anybody I can, you know, like a mayor or whatever, yep. to talk to about what has been discussed. I mean, I don't need to lay out of the track. I just want to see how far advanced. Exactly. There's no question that they're talking about it. And as you heard from Chris Medlin the other day, um, uh, the, the head of Liberty was quite happy to talk about it quite openly recently. Um, so there's no question that Liberty Media are making a beeline for their next American venue, Las Vegas. Yep. Baby. Uh, All right. Show me the money! Yep. Yeah, you know it. that happened. Uh, yeah. yeah, that happened. <laughs> well, they got money. Yeah. And they got a reason to attract people back there now because, you know, COVID's not gone, but it's... We're yeah. back. They're back open for business for sure. Hey, I like yeah, to Zelda touch on said. all these comments. Uh, Kevin Kelly says on Facebook, says Ford and Amazon are investors in Rivian. I knew that Ford was Amazon too. I didn't realize that. That's cool. Amazon, a big, uh, I'm talking of tech, Amazon massive into Formula One. Absolutely. Supply, yep. Supplying graphics, right? Yep. Sometimes accurate, sometimes not. <laughs> you remember last year, they were not. They're not great. They, well, I mean, that's crazy. But they had some stuff that was weird too, like the the, the tire deg thing. I, I just, it yeah. didn't make sense to me. Well, they didn't get it right very often, honestly. No. Hopefully that'll get better. Well, I'm a big fan of Amazon. We've hosted our podcast on Amazon since we started. Yeah. And uh, they and bring by the these... way, that's 10 years ago. Yeah. This month, isn't it? Let's see. I think, yeah. yeah. And, ev and evidently, I haven't tried it, but evidently you, you can go online and, and they, 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 they will deliver packages to you as well. Um, yeah, they can. They will deliver packages. Yeah. Amazon will. Yeah. All right. Let's see. What else? Um, Mike Bowles on YouTube says, did Michael say that Toto was warming to the idea? I think this is filibuster. I, I really <laughs> do uh, on Toto's behalf. Of course, they're going to welcome him with open arms. And, yeah. and here's the, okay. I know what he's getting at. Do you want to just quickly discuss what, what he is talking about? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, there are 10 franchises in Formula One. They can have a limit of 12. Yeah. So if Andretti does come in and is ratified by the FIA and they've paid their money and they've done everything, then the money share between those 10 teams will become 11. So comments from Toto and Zach and a few others have been, well, this better be something that, you know, we can't have a, a money-losing situation or we can't yeah. have just a team showing up because of the name. Uh, diluting? They, they they, yeah, diluting our share of the money. They need to make a contribution. Well, I will speak on behalf of Mario, Michael, and the rest of the Andretti family, and including Adam, my mate. Um, they are going to contribute. Trust me. <laughs> it's ridiculous <laughs> to think otherwise. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, th I think it's just kind of the posturing, and uh, Christian made you look again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, 
due diligence says, let's discuss this in the proper German way and overanalyze it. And that's great. And that's what's fantastic about the German mindset of engineering. And I, I love that. But there's no way this is not going to be a massive success if they can pull this off because they've talked about just as much as anything Mario has been talking about the investors, the people behind them they're bringing in. I mean, with the momentum right now in the United States, it's the same thing we talked about last week with the potential sponsors of Haas F1 now. It's like Gunther said, we're not worried about sponsors anymore. I guarantee you they're lining them up. And and I wouldn't doubt it at all if tomorrow morning we wake up and there's some big new sponsor announcement. I mean, look at, the, look at the track record they've got. I mean, Michael's got six excellent results in uh, six excellent you know projects in motor racing his father needs no introduction um i mean if you're an investor this is a win-win yeah this is a no-lose win-win so yes I, I i would i mean one of the questions i want to ask mario is where do they think they can come in to formula one has knew yeah that it was going to be a bit of a you know last minute effort and we saw it it was the the first year first two years i think they they, they said over delivered and yeah. what expectations are. And the last two years have been more what we kind of expected but didn't want to happen. I want to know where Andretti thinks they can get in. Because yeah. I don't think they're going to be coming in to make up the numbers at all. No, I think they're going to come in pretty strong because they're familiar with open-wheel racing. They've certainly got the resources around them and relationships already involved in open-wheel racing. I think they're going to come in pretty strong. Really, the only thing that they've got to depend on somebody else with, I believe, is the power unit. Well, the power unit, unit's Renault. It's decided. Uh, yeah, but and, and here's the interesting part. Renault are the only team now as a sole supplier to their own team. And back in the 80s, um, they, they were they, they put Williams right at the forefront of, of Formula One for many, many years. And just as Honda has done now and is doing now, I think Renault's plan is exactly the same. They know how to make a, an engine. Absolutely. Yep, and uh, Mike Bowles says on YouTube, he says, if, if F1 wants the American audience, it's a no-brainer. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, that's that's part of this whole thing. They're talking about the TV money. The money will come if the American audience oh, is watching. You know, sure. and I watched that uh, David Land interview that Mario did, uh, and one of the things I found striking was that Mario kind of said something that not many of us have said. He said, he said the, the, the F1 audience is, 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 is not as well-known in America, as you know, we think, and he said, in other words, that there's a there's a big following of F1 that doesn't get the credit um, necessarily. We keep talking about growing it in, in, but it's there, and it's been there for a long time. Yes, well, there hasn't been American influence on Formula One until recently, um, but the fans have always been there. They've been waiting for the next Mario, frankly, um, and you know, in Colton Herter, you could possibly see that. I really do think that, and I think the way Mario is talking. And we're going to talk about what he's gone and done now with McLaren because that is interesting to me and intriguing to me. But, um, you know, we, America does have a lot of talent now. Logan Sargent on the cusp, you know, already driven a Formula One car. Now you've got Pato Award and you've got um, um, Colton doing the tests with McLaren. So we'll talk about that in a minute because I want to talk about the controversy of that. Hey, speaking of Renault, uh, Mike, was that, let me see who it was. Um, no, Stephen White on YouTube brought up something that is a, a great point, Stephen. Renault has the split turbo now. Yeah. Can you believe that? I mean, that's actually, that's pretty, well, when did that happen? Like 10 days ago or, or something. We, we found out about it, or maybe two or three weeks ago, but it's pretty recent during all this testing 
that we found out that Renault's got split turbo. That is a huge well, explain deal. Explain that to me then. What, 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 has nobody else got that? I, no, Mercedes is, it's funny. Mercedes, that's how, that's part of the big reason that they dominated when we went to the turbo hybrid era. Mm-hmm. Because they did something that was stupid simple. In, the tur- in a turbocharged engine... The- and it actually dates back to, I think, the early 60s in industrial engines. Yeah, but but no one has ever done it in racing. Uh, it's very simple, Jonathan. A turbocharger has two turbines. One's driven by the exhaust. I always wear a turbine. And and the other one drives, pressurizes the, the air into the engine. So you get more air, add more fuel, mm-hmm. more power, more torque, more everything, right? Well, the problem with it is that you never want hot air going into the engine. No. Well, the, the turbine is driven by the exhaust, which is the hottest part of the engine. Yep. So you've always had this heat transfer between the intake and the exhaust to the intake. Well, Mercedes split it, and they put it at different ends of the engine. Ha! Huh. And it was so simple. I mean, technically, simple. No. Yeah. And, you know, instead of having a little tiny rod that connects the two— you just made it as long as the motor. Yeah, jobs jobs done. You know, jobs are good. Jobs are good. I knew you were getting I, that. I was trying. I knew to. you were going there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you talking F one speak. So anyway, uh, it's it was it's a simple concept, and um, but um, no one so, else has done it. So Mercedes are doing, and now Renault are doing. Yep, Mercedes did it, and and really we, I mean that that was part of the big reason that Mercedes had a, such a big leap at the beginning. Hmm. Absolutely, and some of the things that go on about that is you realize. It's easier to place something half the size than the whole size of that turbo unit. And so you can actually snug them up, and a lot of them will send them through the valley of the engine. That's the way the original engine that uh, had the split turbo on functioned, is it actually sent that shaft through the valley, so it used the engine case as the bearing support on each end. And that's how that worked. And so I'm amazed that nobody else has done this in the paddock. It's really amazing. So that I'm really the, the reliability part of it for Renault because it's a brand new, it's a big, significant change in the way they operate. So they're they're evaluating the the reliability of all that. But um, gentlemen, we have enough time. I want to save the. You know what? Let's jump into the Colton Herta discussion and and go a little further into it because first of all, Jonathan, you got a good grasp on what he signed. Obviously, he's not going to be driving the car this year, and he's not even going to be driving a current car. Uh, no, sorry. He will be driving the car this year. Well, no, I'm but sorry. But not a current car. Not in the not racing yeah. in in races this year. So let's just set it up. Colton Herter yeah. is an Andretti Autosport driver. Yeah. In IndyCar, doing very well. Could win the title this year. Um, he, along with Andretti's hope of buying Alfa Romeo, was going to be their number one driver with the Gamebridge money that he currently brings to Andretti Autosport in. America. But wait, he just signed for McLaren? I'm confused. Exactly. So, yes, of course, I went. <laughs> I thought, bloody genius, Zach, because he'd whipped Colton away yeah. and tied him to an F1 contract. That is not the case. Yeah. What uh, Zach has cleverly done is offering both his own driver in Indy, Pat O'Ward, and now Colton Herter, and potentially some other drivers, maybe Kirkwood, who knows? But um, he's offering basically a, a last year's car. The rules have changed slightly. So you can now run a test series with an older, one year older car because we have new regulations this year. So you won't gain any espionage stroke uh, development uh, ability from driving last year's car, whoever you put it. Yeah. So 
But it's an ingenious idea because it gives people like Colton and people like Pato Award a chance to actually sample Formula One and do, let's say, three or four days of hard testing, 700 miles, 800 miles, uh, and learning the technicians and the engineers, which they cannot do in Indy. Uh, and as we know, there still is this uh, big void, if you will, uh, of super license points for these kids who potentially could go into Formula One. And so I think that's going to be addressed soon too. Bottom line is Americans are now getting, via Zach Brand, and I think others will follow, a chance to try out F1 equipment and be seen in Europe by yeah. that ever so arrogant audience that says, oh, Americans. <laughs> um, but no, and, and that's great news for all of us here in America who love Formula One. And we want, we've got our track, we've got our teams, teams. Now we want our drivers. Uh, it's amazing to say teams. Isn't and, it? Yeah and, yeah. and and really, you can put that S with a big S because when you add Williams to that. I was going to say Doralton. Well, yeah. And let's not forget how much investment, American investments in McLaren now and Doralton. And I mean, yeah. it's it's up yeah. and down the grid. It's it's an amazing change in the last five years. McLaren streetcars are now headquartered near Dallas. Yeah. Texas. Good point. Yep. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. Let's uh, take a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussions, and we'll have a couple of new topics. You're listening to Speed City live from Austin, Texas. Hey guys, we are very excited to welcome our new sponsor, Allstott Brewery, to Speed City. These guys make a fantastic beer, and I'm going to let Jonathan talk about it, but I'm going to tell you about it. When I tasted it, I am not a big beer aficionado. I like a nice cold beer, but I'm always worried about a craft beer or a new beer that it's going to have a funky taste, especially aftertaste. This beer was fantastic. I have absolutely no... Uh, no qualms at all that this is my new favorite beer. But Jonathan, you know why? What makes it so special? The water and the recipe? Well, yeah. I mean, these guys have done their research and do it right. And they've even imported the right water to do it right. I mean, it, it, I tell you, this Allstad beer, fantastic. And I'm, uh, you know, most Europeans are snobs about their beer. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm definitely one of those. Because You're definitely a snob? Yes, okay. about my beer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because there's no question, carbonation has always been my issue here in the States. It's overcarbonated. And our lagers, our pilsners and lagers in Europe, um, uh, especially German ones, are not that heavily carbonated. And that's a key thing. And that's the first thing that uh, hit me was just how well they've done the beer. Uh, it's based out of Fredericksburg. It's, uh, it's got a great tie-in because, obviously, Fredericksburg, a German town, and now they've got a Texas German beer, and it's cracking. Yeah, and the uh, the facility out there, it's amazing. They've, they've really done it right. It's really fantastic. So so check it out. You can get it at all the local HEBs and everything else, right? Yep. Uh, it's around all around Texas. You can get it. Uh, they sell it in... Uh, uh, on on the shelf there as a Texas beer, but uh, I'll tell you what, you're in, right back in Germany when you drink it. And it's Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Talk 13.7, the right choice. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. 
feels like the first time. Is that what Kevin Magnuson said when he got back behind the wheel? Uh, <laughs> probably. How about that news? That's. Yeah. I, I want to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, we got one little piece of business that we're going to take care of before we move on. We're going to talk about Kevin Magnuson. We're going to talk about the Haas car. Uh, we're going to talk about Drive to Survive. But before we do all that, <laughs> we are going to have a little cake and birthday And we candles. will eat it. Let them have cake and we will eat it. Show them this fabulous cake really? on the camera, Les. Ten go. years ago, go. this week, we launched wow. the Speed City Podcast. And we're still talking to each other, the three of us. <laughs> uh, yeah, ten years ago this week. Cool. Um, Forks, on, too. Uh, yeah. On March 6th was the first podcast. Gosh. And we, we started Speed City because the, the day that Coda was announced... I, I read it on Twitter or something, and I was like, "Oh, this is not this is not true. This is just some crazy internet I remember rumor." Remember the day, <laughs> and then we realized that it was true. And this was this was about ten in the morning, and about an hour and a half later, I was out at the land. I drove out. Yeah, I said, "Guys, I'm going to lunch." And I drove out there, and I was. Well, drive- we all did, didn't we? Separately. <laughs> yeah, we, we all did, and, we, and there was one sign that said "Site of the Formula One." Yeah. Gosh. And actually, when I drove out that yeah, day, there was nothing. There. Nothing there. Yeah, it was literally was nothing. It was belly just scraping big- ranch roads. <laughs> yeah. So we drove. Around, I just drove around, and I had never, I had not met you, Les. That's right. Yeah. Hey, listen. Or when, you. When we do the book, because <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, you know, I'm. I mean, Bernie Eccleston basically negotiated the deal at Bubba's. At Bubba's at Wild Game, yeah, Buffalo Bubba's. Burgers, Buffalo Bubba's Burgers. Wild Game Burgers, yeah, miss Co- you, bud. Coyote fries, and- yeah. I've seen Bernie in some pretty high pollutant places, but <laughs> I never expect to see him in our Roy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come on now. I wonder if he had a shiner. He probably did. So yeah, ten years ago we started the first podcast, and then June that was 2012, and then yep. in June of 2012. We uh, we got invited to do our show on ESPN Radio, yep. and I was only three months in, and then we got invited to do our show live. We had at a the special form- guest at the form- <laughs> who forced his way in at the at the Formula Expo. That's it. And that's Jonathan when we Green, met this loud guy. Jonathan Green walked up when we Jonathan were in commercial. Green. In fact, I got I got I got I, you told me to go away. Well, that was the night before we were <laughs> setting up, and I was like, I'm really excited to meet you, but we're setting up. Yeah. And and what about setting up? We don't have a crew. It was us <laughs> setting up. So, but anyway, the next day you came back and you came back during a commercial break and you said, "I said, well, come on the air." He told me who you were and I said, "Well, come on the air with us and talk." And I was like, "I don't know who this guy is." And the mics flipped on and <laughs> yes, the that rest was is all history. she wrote. And the mayhem ensued. And, and Jonathan Green. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. That's Move good. on. Let's talk Colton. Anyway, Hurdle. so if that was two years ago. We're still here. That's the main to, thing. That's right. And and we have some really exciting news coming this week. New contracts and all sorts of really stuff that we haven't gotten it's it all inked up yet, so we you can't so, say Jonathan? it until tomorrow or next day, but we got some new stuff happening. Yeah, we got some big news for you guys. Yeah. Uh, and if you're a regular to the show, and I know some of you are listening now, um, we're solid. Yeah, everything's in great shape, and we'll be able to announce some of that. Who knows? Maybe tomorrow. We've maybe got the next so day. much more to bring you on F1 this year. Yeah, really have. And if you, if you, I mean, you must know, but we do the pre and post race, the official broadcasts on Actually, national yeah. radio. So, oh um, come on, just tell them a smidge. Well, we don't I, say we don't, names. We don't. We can't because the contracts are not inked. I have the contracts in my email. Mm. I just have to sign them and send them back. So, well, what we'll are you doing on. here? How much more of us <laughs> would you now. like? <laughs> 
What do you want to do another Sunday? 10 years of you not signing your pen? Get your pen out. <laughs> it's Sunday. We can't do anything today. We'll have it all done tomorrow. So. Oh, my word. Uh, so anyway, it, lessons like race on Sunday. Do what? Sell on Monday? <laughs> Talk about it on Monday? Oh, come on. Oh, you guys are in rare form. You're tonight. getting like the British. You waiting in line? <laughs> All right, what do you want to talk? Haas F1? The car looks fantastic. Well, go, yeah. I want to talk about Magnussen. Well, it's, it's two to, the same topic, so go ahead. Well, what I want to talk about Magnussen that I don't think anybody's really given a lot of thought to, but what a perfect guy. Look, if you look at the Haas team, it's based around Mick Schumacher now, right? He's the Ferrari junior guy. Ferrari are heavily connected. Alfa Romeo, by even looking at selling to Andretti, have kind of distanced themselves now. And so Haas are the junior team for the Ferrari team. And they, you know, they're getting personnel because of the, uh, the cap and so on and so forth. Mick Schumacher is a plant. He was put there to be trained to be a Formula One star for Ferrari, just like his dad. They revere yep. Michael like no other. Who better than to make him the complete article than a man who has... Like him, like Mick, grown up in the shadow of a great Formula One driver, Jan Magnussen. Yeah. So my point is, at 29, with his background, his popularity, his experience, and his demeanor, because he's a really nice guy, he's the perfect guy for Mick Schumacher. And I, only, I literally woke up this morning and went, I hadn't thought about that angle. You yeah, know, he understands good. where Mick's coming from, both... Physically and mentally, and a generation after your father's been in, in the sport, there's a lot of pressure involved. Well, it was, you know, who better than to, you know, have a chat and a beer and a coffee over than, than to talk about shop than with uh, Magnuson? Yeah. And I think Kevin will be brilliant both for the team because let's remember he was there at the start. Yeah. And if you remember when he was fired, Gunter told us that he was willing to come back when he wasn't sports car racing and help the team with their two yeah, young said drivers. I'll be around in yeah. 20 or 21. 21. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it's a really, really interesting. And think about that. I, I mentioned that comeback kids. How about a he's got a multi-year contract. We don't know a length of, but yeah. I'm, I'm, he's a smart cookie. He's probably signed a three to five year contract because he's 29. Take him through to 35, 34. And Haas will be a very different project. By then. And, and remember, I just thought of this angle just now really about Magnuson coming back is that the, the biggest reason that they did a full reset, I mean, the, both the guys, Grosjean and Magnuson were, you know, they've been in the sport a long time, but the, one of the biggest drivers was money, right? Yeah. That's yeah. the reason that they brought on Urakali. That's the reason that Nikita Mazepin, I decided by the way, less is that his name is Voldemort now. We don't. Really, that's just my personal opinion. Anyway. Um, I don't get it. All right, people. Uh, just... The name that shall not be mentioned. Anyway, so the money. He watches the, a lot of kids' the, stuff. The, the, the money Apparently. behind Urakali was the, the reason that they were there, right? We all know that. But again. Well, it's fertilizer. And... <laughs> that is fertilizer. <laughs> There's a lot more to that joke. But well, the, we did it all last week. Yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> We're not going back to that creek. Yeah. But, the, but the point is, is that there's, the landscape's different. They can go for all new sponsors now. And, and, but Magnuson was great, so why not bring him back? Well, and this, the, the one thing that does kind of uh, this McLaren thing, going back to Colton Herder again. So we believe, or it has been sort of roundabout, the, we believe that there was a potential $30 million to come with Cambridge and Colton Herter. Um, that was going up as part of the Alfa Romeo deal. 
and that it could still be in place for Andretti's team. But what if McLaren gets in there? Or what if Kmart or, yeah. you know, uh, who? Who Whoever. knows what? Or Mahindra or whatever. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but my point is, I think what you've got now is Haas and Andretti both looking for blue chip American sponsors. Yeah. Walmart. You're watching uh, NASCAR. Well, I mean, good, good, good God, they've got the access. Yeah, it's true. How about Amazon? Yeah. Yeah. American company. Well, they're already involved. Are, you know, why well, not? Well, by the way, up even bigger. Who, who won the NASCAR today? Haas Stewart with, oh, Mahindra yep. tractors. And yep. I said it last week on last week's show. That's what Haas could easily do because it's a global company. And yeah, it may not be sexy, may not be fertilizer. But tractors sell, and they're worldwide, and they're very good tractors. It depends tractors. which side of the farm you're on. Well, <laughs> tractors do spread fertilizer. Yeah. Uh, so hey, we could the, make up a lot of jokes the, about that. The, too. There we go. But the car looked great. The yeah. Haas car looked. I mean, we don't know anything really with testing. Like Bob Barsha said the other day, you got to look at it with a squint. But yeah. the car looks good, guys. Good line. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. the uh, the car looks good. Kevin performed. Wonderfully. So did Mike. I mean, Mick. two years out of the car. Yeah, yeah. I think it was that? sixteen months to be exact. Yeah, right. to me yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, that he stepped back in. It is a different car than he was even in back then. But his <laughs> dramatically. Yeah, but his acclimation to that car, and then to get out and perform like that. You're right. Squinty eyed. You got to realize not everybody is out there running an absolute hundred percent hot lap. And uh, somebody asked me about that a while back and said, well, no. I said, because they're going out. They may be saying, hey, we really want to see how things load in certain uh, degrees of turns. And so, you know, they might be blown off, you know, pieces of the rest of the track. But each piece of each lap has some value that they're looking for. They want a little bit of the turns. They want a little bit of downforce. They want to work on the braking. How does that work out? Braking under curves. Yeah. So. You got to realize they're they're picking and choosing the pieces that they are actually testing, and uh, and looking at the data from. So it's not a, all about a consistent hot lap, but it's great to see Kevin up there whipping it out like that. Yeah. Hey, I um, I was thinking about the all the different design. You know, the Haas car. To me, I I love the look of all the new cars, right? The twenty two twenty twenty two car, but the Haas car, I, I didn't I haven't really decided on. Uh, you know, just trying to look at it from an analytic standpoint, like the Mercedes side pod thing and all these. Uh, well, I want to talk about that too. Yeah, I definitely, I've got some notes on that because I definitely studied that as much as I, without a CFD degree, but, um, but the Haas car looks, um, surprisingly stable. You know, I was watching just some of the coverage of eight hours of coverage from Saturday or from Friday, but, um, but it looks really stable. And I think that, it looks easy to drive, and I know that's it's really hard to say in this early stage, but that would have been, if you ask my impression, those were the two things that I came away with. Mm-hmm. Hey, but speaking of the side pods, um, the Mercedes showed up at, at Bahrain lacking side pods, basically. It looks like... A they, porpoise. They, they, yeah, the, well, they looked at, <laughs> it looks like they took the uh, the carbon fiber and just heated it up and shrunk it down on top no. of the, the mechanicals because there's almost no side pod. And I was watching, I was looking at what Craig Scarborough, y'all know him. He was a genius guy. He, in fact, he even predicted what this car was going to look like. But he was talking about why they did that. And, you know, as everybody knows, we've talked a lot about it, but the aerodynamics this year are mostly on the bottom of the car. 
you know, right. ground effects, right? So that's where they're right. generating all this downforce that they normally generate with all those crazy front wings from the past and rear wings. Those are still there and they still perform some of that. But the big thing is the bottom of the car. Well, by flattening the side pods, you basically get more, um, you get a, a tighter, a flatter spot. So basically more flat area that generates more downforce. So, and, and apparently the, uh, like Christian Horner and, and any other team managers are not, are not complaining about that specifically. They're, they're complaining about other things like the side impact modules that they've got on the side. Right. They've got to have thought about that. I, you know, and I, I don't know. And I mean, y'all saw what, what uh, Lewis Hamilton said about the car. He said, I don't think we'll be competing for a race for wins. Now, you know, we can't trust anybody. Says I think that's point. what he said the past four years. <laughs> yeah, but that's true. On the radio. Disregarding that. Yeah. Why well, are you uh, going to tell me that uh, now you're going to tell me the other goat, <laughs> Tom Brady is going to say, I don't know. I'm coming yeah. back to Tampa, but I don't think. No, no, no I Super thought Bowl. he was coming to Mercedes. <laughs> he could be. <laughs> yeah, no. Wrong. Renault. <laughs> He's yeah. coming to Renault. <laughs> awesome. So, you know, I don't know. This is so much fun. Such a sea change in our sport right now mm. with the salary cap, with the new car, with the new wheels, the new tires, all this stuff. I just, the next Sunday is and Saturday is going to be just mind-blowing to watch all this. Yeah, buddy. I'm ready for it. Yeah, and if you, never, if you, if, if you haven't started watching Drive to Survive, which I haven't, go for it. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's, uh, let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about I've watched a few of them, and Les has watched even more. We're going to talk about our impressions of the new Drive to Survive and some more. You're listening to Speed City, back after a break. Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. When you leave the Circuit of the Americas today, you need to go check out our friends at Iron Wolf Ranch and Distillery, just 40 minutes west of Weird in the beautiful Spicewood, Texas. They produce a wide variety of unique, award-winning spirits, including bourbon, whiskeys, gin, vodka, and rums. They're kid and dog-friendly with yard games and Crego's Pizza and Wings on site every weekend. Enjoy a full bar, tasting room, bottle purchases, and live music when you visit the ranch. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram, and always ask for Iron Wolf at your favorite bars and liquor stores across Texas. Iron Wolf Ranch and Distillery, Old Spirits, Texas Attitude. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hello, I'm Jenny Gow from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. We got a lot of comments on, uh, on YouTube and Facebook. I'm going to touch on some of these. Some of these I'm going back a little bit, but Paul Bryan said it if the Andretti deal is Renault, which they pretty much said it is. No, and, no, it is. Yeah. And it says if it's Andretti, if it's Renault, I mean, uh, and they want to increase and capitalize on Andretti name in North America, will they brand it as Renault or, or Nissan or Infinity? Uh, that's a good question. As you know, uh, and he obviously knows that Renault cars are not sold here in the United, United States. Um, but, of course, Nissan, Infinity, which they also own, are. 
So you're right to think that. And of course, Nissan Infiniti have been involved in Formula One as a name uh, for many years now. Uh, they were with Red Bull for a while, I think. Uh, and they went to Aston Martin. Um, and I think... Uh, and obviously they race in all sorts of different things uh, here in North America as well, uh, as well as WEC and so on and so forth. But what I think could be interesting is I once uh, had a dinner with um, Atabal, uh, Cyril Atabal, mm -hmm. um, who now obviously is no longer with the team. But when he started talking about the future of Renault, it was of a global nature and what they were planning to do. So perhaps this is an opportunity to get Renault as an, a name and a car manufacturer into the American market. Perhaps put some, maybe another uh, engine in Indy, perhaps. Is that oh, part of the deal? Oh, wow. That's a good thought. Very Mark this down, boys and girls. <coughs> All righty. On that, I told you I went to the Porsche event today. Got to talk with the lead design from uh, Where's my car? Porsche. <laughs> at South By. It's yep. at the bottom of the ocean. We already <laughs> cleared, had this discussion. All right. Uh, but uh, I asked him, I said, so what do you think, you know, because he was talking about how he in, gets involved with so many different things, design elements of it. And I said, what about this? You know, Porsche was heavily involved in the Formula One regulations and specs for the new power unit coming out in 26. Mm -hmm. I said, can we take that as any indication as to what Porsche is doing? Indy, Indy indication? Indy. Indy indication. <clears throat> can we take that as any indication? as to Porsche's possibly involvement with Formula One and you being on the grid there. Devil. <laughs> and he just, he just smiled and he goes, if I knew, I could not say. I'm Stuttgart about that. <laughs> uh, Stum. Stephen White on YouTube says, uh, the mirrors are being protested on the Merc. That's right. That's yeah, so where are we on this? I mean, so they, I mean, they I, came to they came they came to uh, Barcelona with a completely different car, yeah, and then they went underground and came out with this shrink wrapped car, yeah. as you say. Um, it's the same car, but that is, anybody, heated it up. is yeah. anybody officially saying, uh, -uh, uh we're protesting? I now. don't know if we've reached official protest. You know, have they filled out the forms? You know, Christian Horner, etc. Well, they got to do it this week if it's not going to run. Yeah, at the race. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe some of the listeners have seen that, but I don't know. And Frank. Um, Frank Cottitz, Cottwitz on YouTube says, would love to see the diagram of the floor, which can't be seen. That'd be cool, too, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, at least that, not till it flips over. I was about to say, yeah. yeah. First car flips over. When Max <laughs> flips over. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. There you go. Whoops. We're, we're not suggesting anything, but we'll see them, I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, all right. Let's talk Drive to Survive. I watched episode one and two, and I thought it was the usual fantastic production. Yes, it's a little, you know, it's. I am not going to complain about the over dramatization because I love it. I love the series. Um, it was nothing epic the first two episodes, but I, I feel like they're just building for the season, right? And I thought the the first two were great. And what I love about it is my entire family was sitting there watching it. That's why my, my wife, my daughter, my son, my oldest. But they're still he's not, in racing. They're so still not talking it. to you, right? Okay. They're still not talking to me, but yeah. they're watching oh, that's the show. Nice. That's how. But everybody okay. was like. Okay, let's sit down and watch this. You know, everybody's wait, stop it, getting their stuff I'm in the kitchen. Trying to think of your team. So we, we already got the lead mechanic for uh, <laughs> Team Mass and He's got his own team. You know, we got HUD as the technical expert. He's a, he's we got a social Paige, digital. She's going to be the she's going to be the principal. Well, yeah, she's going to be running the whole thing before <laughs> yeah. too long. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what Laura's doing, but she's I don't know. She's cat wrangling. She'll control all of us. everybody. Manage the finances. That's it. But Drive to Survive, I thought it was the first two were great. And Les, you've seen up to what, episode six or seven? Yeah, I'm up, up in that area. 
The thing that I keep telling folks, uh, yesterday I was talking with somebody about it, and the thing that is so great about this is a lot of times you get to know some of the personalities behind it. You know, that is what's, you know, Gunther effing Stein. (laughs) So, you know, that you get to meet all these different folks. But one of the personalities that you'll see come out and you get to get to know a little bit better is over at Williams. And that's Matt Savage. You really have not had much exposure to him Hmm. yet. And so as we get going through the season, you're going to, you know, start to meet Matt Savage. Now, why do you care about Matthew Savage and Williams? Well, remember, he is, you know, he's operating with a heavy influx of Doralton Ventures capital money. But tell him who he is. That's an American. Yeah, he's the principal over there. But Doralton Ventures is an American company. Doralton Capital. Yeah. 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 And so you're going to, you know, we're going to call them stepchilds of being an American team at the moment. Yeah, and it's true. They are an American team now. But there's another option uh, for Americans to get behind. And like I said, getting to meet Matthew Savage on screen here gives you a little input. And don't forget, they have an American driver as their test driver, Logan Sargent. He drove the car at Abu Dhabi, and he will be with the team all season and will be on the headphones and probably doing a Friday drive. He's doing F2. Um, Yeah, bodes really well. Hey, by the way, can I make a comment about uh, Drive to Survive connected to two things? Once again, this year, if they go for the next season, what you're watching now is last season. Right. But Max Verstappen did not take part last season. And of course, he's going to take part this time, right? He's the world champion. Nope. He's Ah. not going to be part again. And here's another thing. How about this? Apple Plus are putting out a brand new documentary uh, on Lewis Hamilton. And it will be produced by Box to Box Films. The same Same people who produced the uh, Drive to Survive. Drive to Survive. And uh, incidentally, in the article I read, which is on GrandPrix.com, very good site, uh, Joe Sayed, um, says the documentary will be produced by Hamilton, Penny Thau, Box to Box Films, and One Community. So there you go. Okay. Interesting. Hey, so, you know, the uh, obviously I'm really looking forward to the last episode and see how the last race <laughs> yeah. plays they, out. They've got to do a double episode. Yeah. Too the much. Thing, yeah, the thing that I, uh, we were talking about, how great this series is, and I said, realize, you know, and, and this is where I've always given Massey the benefit of the doubt. He had, you know, 60, 90 seconds to make all these decisions that now we've talked about for yeah. half a year. And we've, you know, looked, invested, we've looked at it different ways, inside out and upside down against the rules and regulations. And we all have our opinions of that. But I think this is really going to be interesting how they share that and whether, you know, in some camps they beat up on Massey. On others, it's like, you know, he's human. He did the best thing with the knowledge and experience that he already had coming into this race. So I think we're going to really have a great time in those last couple of episodes when we get to that. Yeah. And I, you know, I mean, something had to, something had to give after that that situation. And let's, 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 now the dust has settled. Let's be honest. Verstappen was given the world championship and given an advantage by the fact that he had new tires and Hamilton didn't. Now, that's not to say Hamilton couldn't have gone in, but it just wouldn't have worked that way. But bottom line is, I understand what Massey did. I understand why he did it. Uh, I get it. But there's going to be a fall guy. I mean, it could have lost. We could have lost the greatest driver of all time, um, Lewis Hamilton, um, because of it. 
Uh, he went dark on us, <laughs> but he but he's coming back, uh, and it, you know, and Massey's the, the fall guy, as it were. But but I think the whole thing needed to be looked at, and it has been, and it will be, and I think they will continue to do so over the next. And I don't look. I don't. I've never met Massey. Uh, I thought he did a pretty good job. All you know, yeah. since Charlie left, left us, left and us, yeah. Um, but you know, he may be a great guy, but he obviously got it wrong, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And in this high level mm-hmm. world, you get it wrong. Sorry, you could a be a lot the, of money on the line. You can be the nicest guy, and you can have done a darn good job up to that point. But if you got it wrong, then. You're gonna go, and you now, know, and, and let me let me throw this last little bit on that though is that they're gonna get that new role, that new position. They're gonna get him some help. So it may have been that maybe even Charlie Whiting could have would have got that wrong. Maybe I, you know, I doubt it. But but even Charlie, because there's so they're, they 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 there was so much writing on that one position. Now there's gonna have a team of people helping him do all those things. Sports full of what ifs. Twenty twenty hindsight is twenty twenty vision, right? Uh, you think about it, had that decision not been made, we would have had an eight-time world champion, never seen in the sport, uh, the 700 employees at Mercedes that worked on bringing Hamilton, remember, five, was it five, six races in a row were how far he was behind Verstappen coming into the run for the last race. He led three quarters of that race by a country mile. It was a done deal. Yeah. They only had to cruise to the line uh, and then Latifi. TV <laughs> hit the wall. Yeah. So you know, like I said, hindsight's great, but mm. it, you've got to feel for Mercedes. Uh, they were hard done by. Wow. This is the we our, our tagline is the fastest hour in radio. Well, we uh, are done. Done. I just looked up. <laughs> we have a minute said, left. Yeah. When's the first of, break? Said yeah. y'all need a two-hour show. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Do you want to sponsor it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in on YouTube, on the radio, on Facebook, all that. Uh, next weekend, our national coverage starts. Go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. We're going to have that same coverage on YouTube and Facebook, but we'll be on national radio as well. Bob Varsha will be back. Dave O'Neill will be back. And we will talk to you next week. Happy trails. Ciao, y'all. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.